welcome to the Gathering Church. Hello, and we're so glad you're here. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor, and we're just honored to have you however you're joining us this morning, whether you're in one of our gather homes, worshiping together with a couple friends, or or maybe you're watching us uh, at home or on the road, wherever you are. We're happy that you're here and uh, honored to have you worshiping with us. A couple things I want to share with you before we get started. First, we are in the middle right now of, of what we're calling Serve Days. We're doing a few different things to serve our city and, and to bless people and just kind of let you know that we care about you. And so just yesterday, we did a grocery event where we were able to give away a hundred bags of groceries and then some and bless some people with just one less thing to worry about. And so thank you so much for everybody who showed up for that, who was a part of that. It was great. And, uh, and I also want to tell you about what's coming this upcoming Saturday, and that will be lunch. Guys, we just want to buy you lunch. We, we, we just miss you. And we want to be able to bless you with some Christian chicken. And so if you will come to the Seacoast Asheville campus next Saturday at 11 a.m., we've got a lunchbox for you with a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich in there. And we, we just, no strings attached. We just want to be able to give you lunch. It's first come, first served. We're going to have a bunch of chicken. So come on out and, and let us just wave to you and smile behind our masks and in a safe way give you a sandwich and just let you know we care about you, we love you, we're thinking about you. If you know anybody that might be blessed by it as well, feel free to invite them and let them know. That's at 11 a.m. on Saturday, and it is first come, first serve. Well, guys, we are in the final week of life group leader signups. If you don't know this, life groups are at the heartbeat of who the gathering church is. In fact, in this season especially, I believe they're crucial crucial to our spiritual growth, to our ability to find freedom, and just to our all-around overall health. When we started this church, there was about nine months time before we launched physical services, in-person services, the thing that we're missing right now, where all we did was life groups. For nine months, we just met in each other's homes. We broke bread together. We got to know one another on a deeper level. And in that season was one of my favorite seasons of our church. And it informed who our church would be for many years to come. We are a church that is focused on community that is like family. And so if you have ever thought uh, about leading a life group, or maybe you've never thought about leading a life group, but you've been blessed by our life groups here at the Gathering Church. We need you. We need you to lead. We need you to be willing to gather some people together in the yard. You can set that limit as low as you want. You can say, hey, this is a three-person life group. And you can just have them all stand 20 feet apart in your yard and just talk to one another. Whatever it is, you don't have to be or feel like you're qualified. You don't have to feel like, you, like you've got it all together. We, we, we're just asking for you to just say, I am willing to do this. And so if you, have, if you are able and willing, uh, sign up to lead a life group. This is the last week to sign up. And then life group signups start in just a couple weeks. Get ready, church. You're going to want to sign up for your life group as soon as possible so you get your spot. And so we can't wait. That's all coming. We're all very excited about it. Well, we're also in walking into week two of 21 days of prayer. We're in 21 days of prayer right now. If you're new to our church, 
uh, twice a year, we, we like to just take three weeks and dedicate it in prayer and dedicate it to God. In the beginning of the year, we set aside the first three weeks of January to prayer and fasting. And we just say this is our moment to kind of give this first portion of the year to the one who we hope to serve in this year. And then in August, we kind of do a detox, 21 days of prayer. We're detoxing from this year. We're getting our spiritual health back on track. And if ever there was a year that needed a detox, it is 2020. And so if, if you missed the first week, it's okay. You can jump in right now. It can be 14 days of prayer for you. We just would love for you to join us in daily prayer. Commit to pray with us every day. And you can, we, can, we can help you with that by uh, offering these prayer prompts that we put out every day, Monday through Friday at 6.45 a.m. You can watch it live with us, either right here at live.gatherashville.org or on Facebook or Instagram. You can watch it right there. Or you can, um, you can tune in all day long as it's on demand for the next 24 hours. And so whenever works for you, just commit some time, 10 or 15 minutes to receive that prayer prompting, that kind of little message to get us in the right direction of prayer that day. And then take some time to pray. And I believe that time will bless you. I believe it will bless you. And then on Saturday morning at 9 a.m., we also have prayer and, uh, and we'll keep you updated on what that looks like as well. And so we thank you for being a part of 21 days of prayer. Well, right now we're in a series called Choose Joy. Choose Joy. And we are making the decision that this year cannot steal our joy. I have been walking around with a spirit of heaviness for too long. And I have decided I'm going to lay down my spirit of heaviness to pick up a spirit of joy for the remainder of this year. And in this series, we're talking about the specifics on how we can do that. We're specifically praying against the enemy's plan to cause division and bitterness and poor emotional health and poor spiritual health and poor personal health during this crisis. And we're going to talk through four choices that we can make that are going to make it easier or even possible for us to choose joy despite the season that we are living in and even in a, in a time when it feels like the whole world is falling apart. Last week, we talked about what is the first choice. And the first choice that we make if we're going to choose joy is, is to pray. To pray. We choose prayer. We choose prayer every single day. In fact, we said last week that if we're going to be able to choose joy, we need to get into a daily prayer habit. We need to connect ourselves with the heart of God through prayer. And, and this week, I want to talk about a different kind of choice. It's a daily choice as well, something you're going to have to actually daily decide every day if you want to be able to choose joy. And it's, it's directly connected with whether or not you are choosing every day to prayer because we'll make this decision in prayer. The decision, the choice that we're talking about today is the decision to say no to sin and to choose freedom. If we're going to choose joy, in a, in a year and in a season and in a climate like this one, there is no time like right now for us to choose freedom over sin. And so that's what we're talking about today. Nothing gets the people going like a message about sin. And so I thought I'd tell a joke before I get into it because it's going to get a little bit heavy. I thought it might be fun to tell a joke 
before I, tell, I get into this message. And this joke has nothing to do with the message. It's just a joke. And so I heard, uh, I was talking to a guy, a friend of mine the other day, and he, he went to the doctor. He was worried about the virus. And he was worried about it because he was hurting everywhere. It, everything hurts. Every, he said, doctor, everything hurts. Everything, my whole body hurts head to toe. And the doctor said, what do you mean? He said, well, well I'll show you. Look, ha, ah, that hurts. And, and then he said, oh, look, look. Ooh, ah, that hurts. And, and then he said, look, look, ooh, ah, that hurts. And the doctor said, I know what's wrong. And he said, oh, thank goodness. Said, Your finger's broken. I gave a nice moment for you to enjoy that joke there. A nice, nice laughter moment. Okay, now let's talk about sin. We're going to talk about sin. And here's what I want you to understand about sin is that there is this belief that somewhere we, we, we wrestle with even before we know God because we know that it's not true. We, in, in our hearts, we believe this is a lie and yet we still buy into it all the time. And that is this belief that the sin that we choose, the things that we know are wrong, the things that we know are bad for us, somewhere in our minds, we start to believe that these things are gonna make us happy, these things are going to offer us relief. These things are going to give us release of stress. These things are going to give us an escape. These things are not that bad for us. They couldn't be that harmful. And we buy into those things because there is this lie that has permeated every part of us. We know it's wrong. We know that these things are harmful to us, but it's this wrestling match we have. I want to talk about that first. And I want to expose the fact that our sin is not out to give us a release. Our sin is not out to help make us happy. It is not out to give us something that is fun to do. In fact, it has a different purpose altogether. Here's the truth that I want to show you. Sin and joy cannot exist together. So the enemy wants you to believe that Choosing what is sin is going to be fun or, or all these things, but, but he is a liar. And his real mission is to steal your joy and destroy your future. In fact, it says this in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. We're living in a season of great stress right now with very few outlets for that stress. And in moments like this, when we're under this kind of pressure, we often have unhealthy habits that we fall on to release some of our stress. And many of us also have sin habits that in a season like this one are becoming more and more frequent. Maybe you had a sin habit before this moment of quarantine and virus and social and global unrest hit, and now it's gone haywire. There was a headline just this last week that anxiety and depression are on a steep rise across our country right now. And in the article, it said that alcohol and drug-related ER visits are up 15% this month over March. And that more and more Americans than ever are turning to substances as a coping mechanism. See, I know that these last few months have been hard. And not knowing when it's going to end is, is harder still. But these things that the enemy has convinced us are helping us cope are making it worse. Your enemy has only one goal in mind for you. 
He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Sin steals our joy. Sin steals our joy. Have you ever had a secret sin? Some, something, something that you did that you knew was wrong, but you, you, you thought you could keep it hidden from the rest of the world. Is there anything more destructive to our souls than trying to hide something that we know is wrong? David writes about it in Psalm 32, verse 1. He says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, and blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. The word blessed could also be translated happy. Happy is the one. Happiness exists for the person who in their spirit there is no lie. They're not hiding anything. They're not trying to cover anything up. They're not keeping things put away where they hope nobody will ever find them. He goes on and he says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me and my strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. If you're watching and you are hiding some kind of sin right now, you felt that verse. Can you feel it? The, the, the feeling that your bones are wasting away. Do you feel like something heavy is just sitting on you all the time? Like, like in the moments when you finally feel like you're getting rest, it sneaks up and the weight of it is crushing. I bet you feel exhausted in this season. David says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in Him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. He went from wasting away and being crushed under the weight to rejoicing and singing. And so can you. You see, sin steals your joy. It takes it away from you. It, it replaces it with guilt, anxiety, a constant feeling of, of like being crushed underneath something that is too heavy. It is impossible for you to choose joy when you are hiding your sin. Bring what was in the darkness into the light and make the choice to stop sinning and you will be able to feel joy again. Sin also uh, kills our dreams. It kills our dreams, this, these things that we think are just a simple, small release or a mistake that we just keep making, this decision that we know is destructive but we make anyways, is robbing us of the future we were destined to have. Maybe you've bought into the lie that you can have your sin in secret as a way of relieving stress and it will stay in the darkness where you left it. But the truth is that whatever we leave in darkness never stays there. The addiction, the deceit, the things we do for temporary release, but often lead us to a lasting guilt and shame that infiltrates every part of our lives. It always leaks. The things that we hide in darkness leak in, in the form of anxiety, in the form of 
uh, inability to form intimacy with people that we need to be in relationship. It, 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 it leaks out into an irritability with people around us that they don't understand or know why they're receiving. It leaks into anger, anger issues, impatience issues. It, it leaks and it comes out in every different area of our lives and begins to kill the dreams that we had because we can no longer spend our, our hearts pursuing the dreams of our hearts. Instead, we're putting all of our energy into trying to pull in all of this sin, this shame, this guilt that keeps leaking out of us. Psalm 73 says, Truly you set them in slippery places and you make them fall to ruin. Sin puts us on slippery ground. It's like trying to cross a creek on mossy rocks. I like to watch people do that because you know there ain't no way they're getting dry to the other side of that creek. We all know they're going to fall, they're going to slip, and yet we still sometimes we do this, we just try one step at a time, I got it, I got enough balance, I can make it, and in the water we go. It infiltrates everything, kills our dreams, and it destroys our identity. Sin destroys your identity. The longer you allow sin to be a part of your life, the more it finds its way into your identity. The more you try to hide sin and keep it in darkness, the more you start to believe it's always going to be there. Sin tends to keep twisting and changing the language in your mind from, I keep screwing up, to, I am a screw up. I know this is true because I've lived it. When I was 19 years old, I joined the Coast Guard and after spending all my life up to that moment in a traditional church, I decided I didn't want anything to do with it anymore and I wanted to live the way I wanted to live and I didn't want anyone else to tell me otherwise. And so I did all the things that every teen movie that I had ever watched told me would make me happy. I lived the military party lifestyle and it didn't make me happy. It left me feeling empty. And it left me feeling wanting. And, and it left me feeling shame and guilt. And it led to a lot of mistakes. And I began to think that those mistakes were who I was. I defined myself as someone who makes mistakes. As someone who's embarrassing to the people in his life. I defined myself as the screw-up that I was beginning to believe I was. That's what sin does. It magnifies itself and it blinds you to the future that God has for you. In Psalm 38, David says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought low. Are you bowed down and brought low? Do you have your identity mixed up in this thing? Are you overwhelmed with it like a burden too heavy to bear? It makes it hard to choose joy when we get caught in this cycle, doesn't it? Guilt and joy, they just don't really play very well together. The sin that we've turned to in order to cope in this season has made this season this much worse. I think we tend to get into this mindset when we think about the church and Christianity and the Bible that all these rules and lifestyle and, and the sacrifice of following Jesus to give up everything and follow Him and live the way that He called me to live, that this is a loss of freedom. This is the lie that we believe. 
that it's a loss of freedom, that it means we're giving up what we want to do, or we're giving up the fun stuff that our friends get to do, or, or we're not getting to just live the way we want to live. Now we have to try and fit into some kind of a box or these confines, and we resist it, and we resist it, and we resist it. But what if the one who made you has called you to live this way because he knows it's the pathway to the greatest joy in your life? And I think sometimes parents have a better idea of what's good for us than we do, than kids do. I, I, yesterday, I pulled up into my driveway and I noticed a possum that was buck wild. A buck wild possum. I want you to picture the scene with me. The thing was missing patches of hair everywhere. And it had this real crazed look in his eye, like possum crazy, you know. And he was just kind of stumbling around like this. And he was like snarling at foam coming all out of his mouth and getting all crazy. And, and, then it, and then when I went near it to try to get a look at it, the thing charged at me. And so I made the decision that this animal maybe had rabies. Maybe rabies. And so I thought to myself, I need to put this thing down and get it away from the animals and try to not ever picture his face in my head again. And so I did it. I put dispatched of the animal in a very humane way and, and, and was, went to go get something to go get a, this is grotesque, but I went to get a shovel to go bury this animal. My daughter, Dagny, who is two years old, is, loves animals. She's a future veterinarian. She just loves animals. And Dagny, at this point, had come out of the garage and said, Daddy, what are you doing? What are you doing? And she came over there about the time I had scooped this guy up on a shovel. And she came over and looked at him and he goes, Oh, he's cute. Can I say hi to him? And I was like, no, Dagny, don't get close to this thing. You don't need to say hi to him. You don't. And she said, I want to touch it. And I said, no, Dagny, don't touch the <laughs> And I had to somehow fight off Dagny and take this deceased, rabid possum and bury it, all the while keeping her from it. Now, she did not like that I was keeping her from this rabid possum. She really wanted it to be her friend. She wanted to say hi to him. She wanted to touch it. But I knew that if she touched that, it could hurt her. She doesn't understand that even still right now. And here's where I think we are a lot of times, is we have a hard time falling into uh, understanding that the way that God calls us to live, that this pathway that he has for us is not walking around in chains, is not depriving of ourselves of things that we want to do or the dreams that we have for ourselves. This is what freedom is. Because the one who made you knows what joy looks like for you. The one who made you has a gifting and a calling and a purpose in your life that is going to make you more alive than anything else ever could or would. He's, he is the one who put in your heart the capacity for joy. And so his pathway to joy is far better than anything this world could ever offer us. He can see it even when we can't. And we can get to that place where our sin no longer defines us, where, where, where we don't have to believe it's inescapable. Th that, those kinds of things where we think this is just who I am and I'll never get there and it's my identity and it's all I'll ever be. Those are lies from the one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. You can find freedom. You can feel peace. Again, you can choose joy. But first you're going to have to make a daily choice to not choose sin. You're going to have to make a daily choice to repent, to repent. I know, repent is, is one of those words. Makes me think of a preacher in an oversized sport jacket with a really ugly tie. 
and yelling at me from a big wooden pulpit. But in the context of Scripture, repent is such an important word. It simply means to turn around and go the other direction. My sin was taking me in this direction, but I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn and go the other direction to pursue what God has for me. Acts 3, verse 19 and 20 says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. And then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Do you want refreshment? Do you feel like refreshment is what you need in this season? Is, is, is this season one where you want to be able to choose joy out of refreshment? Your sins are already forgiven. Jesus took care of it on the cross. And so it's time to turn away from those sins, to repent and go the other way, to choose not to sin daily so that the mark these sins are leaving on your life can be wiped away and you can begin to experience refreshment. Let's make this choice daily. And we have to make this choice daily because we're going to be tempted daily and our sin is going to give us opportunities daily. And so daily we choose to repent and move away from sin and toward our destiny and God will wipe it away and give you refreshment. I was thinking about what passage best encapsulates what it means to repent as I was writing this message and I came to Psalm 51. Psalm 51 I think is the best repentance passage in all of the Bible King David wrote it after he had had the biggest sin of his life, that it affected every part of his life. And it had been blown wide open and it was this big deal. And he came before God absolutely broken and prayed this beautiful prayer. And he opens it with this, Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. First, we need to daily choose to put to death my old sin nature. So here's the thing. You have things in your nature that likely lead you towards sin. We all do. That, that's part of the brokenness of humanity. And it's part of what will be made whole one day. I don't know what it is for you, but for me, one of many of those things is impatience. I, I can be impatient to the point of other things. And it looks a lot, a lot of different ways. I'm prone to it every single day. If I'm in the kitchen... And someone moves into the area that I want to be in. The ten, like I need like a 16 square foot ratio of emptiness when I'm in the kitchen. And if someone enters into that zone, I am going to either give them a real just get out of my way stare, you know. Or I'm going to like sashay around them real dramatically and kind of like hip check a little bit. I might move them. If it's one of my children, I'll physically move them out of the way. Or depending on how impatient I am that day, I might say, hey, I'm trying to cook. Can you please give me a little bit of room in the kitchen? And then I get on the road and I'm driving up 25. And if there is one person driving through Highway 25, if there's one person on my way into work in front of me who is driving in a way that I decide is, is not acceptable, I'm talking to them about how unacceptable I think it is until they are out of my life. Just me in my car, just talking to them, just having a full conversation. Hey, what in the world is going on? Where do you got to be today? Obviously, nowhere. Thank goodness you're going to get your safe driving award from Allstate because if they're monitoring your driving, it's fantastic. You know, I'm just doing this. I'm, I struggle with this impatience. If I want to buy something, I want to buy it right now. I don't want to wait. I, I, I deal with this real easily every day in a simple prayer. A simple prayer. A choice that I make when I wake up in the morning. And I, and, and I just get up in the morning and I just say, God, give me kindness while I wait 
today. Help me to exercise patience at every opportunity I have to exercise it today. God, I'm making the choice today to be kind to others instead of letting my impatience lead me to frustration and sin. And I actually have like a list of six different things that I pray similar prayers about every morning. Here's what I notice. The mornings that I am intentional with my prayer time and this is on that list and I get up and I say no to my sinful nature out loud, intentionally to God, I have a really different attitude than the days that I don't do that. That's one example. And I think that this choice is good for about 24 hours, sometimes less. I don't know why it works that way, but it just expires while you're sleeping. And if I pray on Monday, but stop thinking about it on Tuesday, I am grumpy again on Tuesday. And so every day I make the decision to put these things to death. Romans 8, 12 through 13, it says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You are not a slave to it. It, it, Just because it's a part of your personality doesn't mean that it has to be. Just because it's a natural wiring thing for you doesn't mean, well, y'all, you know, I'm just an impatient person. I guess guess that's just the way God made me. No, it's not. That's your sinful nature and you can put it to death in the morning. You don't have to live that way. You have no obligation to live that way. As a follower of Jesus, you're still going to have the urge to sin, the temptation to sin, but you do not have to submit to it. You have divine power available to you to demolish these strongholds. And it starts in prayer. Paul goes on in that passage, verse 13, he says, If you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you can make the decision every day not to give in to that nature. Second thing is I daily release my past to take another step towards freedom. Daily release your past to take another step towards freedom. In in David's repentance psalm, he says, Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Sometimes we let the past mistakes that we've made coat us like a layer of dirt that we, we, we feel like we can't wash away. We feel like we just can't get it off. It's just always there, always in front of us, always visible. God offers a kind of forgiveness that makes you like new again. But there is still some work that we have to do to be free from the guilt of our past. And it has to be something we work on all the time. We daily choose to take to put our past away to take another step towards freedom. Maybe you're ready to stop sinning and you want the freedom that Jesus died to give you, but you're not really sure how to overcome the guilt of where you've been. I think there's more than one way. But right now, you're in a great moment because we're getting ready to start life groups. And I really believe that life groups will help you with that decision, help you in that season, help you overcome the pain of your past, help you be able to wash it away so that you can step towards freedom. I think that's a great benefit of being in a group. It says in James 5.16 in the message version, make this your common practice. Make this normal in your life. It's not normal for most people. Make this normal. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. When we talk about 
the past, the guilt, the, the shame, the things we're trying to find freedom from. When we sit in a group of people and we expose those, hey, I'm trying to overcome the guilt of this and it's been really hard for me. When you unbox something like that, when you take out something that you're keeping pressed down or some guilt or shame that you can't get away from, when you take it out and expose it to somebody, every time you do, you put it away a little bit differently. It gets stored a little bit better, a little bit neater as you put it away, and it helps us to move on. Whatever it takes, you need to make the daily choice to release your past so you can experience freedom. God doesn't hold on to your past, neither should you. When He looks at you, He sees the potential of your future. So should you. The third thing is is we need to daily pursue God's plan for our life. We repent by daily pursuing God's plan for our lives. We tend to think that what we want for our lives is better than what God wants for our lives. It's crazy. He's the one who made you. He gave you the dreams and desires you have. What He has in mind for you is the very best version of your life. The sin and selfish things that we think we want will never give us fulfillment. They'll make us empty. The things God has planned for us give us happiness, joy, and peace. David goes on in Psalm 51 verse 10 and says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Make my heart pure and renew this steadfast spirit within me. I love that. God, refresh my resolve today. Refresh my resolve today to follow the path that you lay out for me. Here's the thing about God's plan for your life. He almost never lays it out one step at a time, more than one step at a time. He never lays out the whole thing. He may reveal a calling and say, here's where I want you to go, but he's never going to show you the whole map on how to get there. In order to pursue God's plan for our hearts, we need this steadfast spirit inside of us that every day we wake up and we say, God, today show me what is my step to move forward in my purpose. What is my step today, God, to say no to sin, to say no to these choices that could derail the future that you have for me and give me today, Lord, just one thing that I can do to move closer to who you've called me to be. Every day we wake up and make the choice to pursue the plan that he has for us. God, give me a steadfast spirit to choose your plan for my life today. It's time to say no to our sin and choose freedom daily to not live the way that the world lives. It says in Romans 12 too, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. He wants to reset the way that you think to make you into something, a better version of yourself. A version of yourself you didn't even know could exist, would exist. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let Him begin to make you new and you you will begin to live in His will that is good and pleasing and perfect. Finally, Daily live a life that impacts others. We, one of the best ways that we can repent from our life of sin and turn towards a life following God is to do the opposite of what sin is. See, so what sin is, is selfishness. It's choosing me first. It's thinking in terms of what's going to feel good rather than what is good. God is the opposite. And the life that He calls us to live is opposite of that. He calls us to live a life that is bigger than ourselves. 
that is outside of ourselves. That instead of choosing what feels good to me, to choose what is good for others. When we make choices like that, joy follows. Joy is a big part of that. Daily live a life that impacts others. In the prayer of repentance, David says in verses 12 and 13, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me and then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. We turn from the way of sin and move instead towards the way of God and the purpose he has for us. And that purpose is to make a a difference in the lives of others. I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. I will find freedom. I will do whatever it takes to pull these things that I've hidden in darkness out of darkness and drag them into the light. It'll hurt. It'll be hard and painful. But nothing that is hidden stays hidden. And so I will drag these things out of darkness and into the light. And once they are in the light, I will fight daily making the choice to put that sin to death, to say no to it, to walk instead into the life that God has prepared for me. You know, finding freedom isn't an overnight thing. It is a daily thing. It's a daily choice. And sometimes there's a lot of work to do to repair the damage that sin has done in your life. That may be true for you. You may have a long, difficult road ahead, but freedom is possible for you. In Luke chapter 4, as Jesus declares his mission statement and what he's on this planet for, what he came to do, he says, I have come to set the captives free, to bind up the brokenhearted. And in that same passage, he says that he's going to replace the spirit of despair with a garment of praise. He wants to do these things for you. He wants to replace your mourning for joy. And then he wants to be able to set you up. So here's what happens. I fight. I work. I daily choose to be who God called me to be, to not pursue sin, but to pursue him. And I do this every single day. And eventually I begin to find freedom. And here's what happens is when you move forward, we always look back. Every time I'm taking a step forward, I'm looking back to see who's right behind me. I'm grabbing their hand and I'm saying, come with me. We're going to freedom together. I found freedom. Let me help lead you to freedom. This is how it works. This is where joy lives. It's somewhere in this journey. We find freedom and then we become the ones. I will teach transgressors your ways so the sinners will turn back to you. I will find freedom so that I can help others find freedom. And God will bring you back to the joy of your salvation. That's what makes life groups so great. Life groups are the very best way for you to find freedom and help others find freedom. You're in one of those boats right now. You're watching this. You're in one of those areas. You either need a life group because you need to find freedom or you need a life group because it is your calling. It is your purpose. It is your duty to reach behind you and help someone else find freedom. And we can make this choice every single day together and it will bring us one step closer to choosing joy. If you're here today and you have felt overwhelmed by the weight of your sin in your bones for a long time now. You feel like his hand is heavy upon you, like it's hard to breathe from it for a long time. If you're here and that's you, I want you to know that, that, you, that you can, in one moment, you can make a decision that will release you from the guilt of that sin. You're still gonna have to do the work to find freedom from that sin. We just spent all morning talking about that, but 
you can be free of the guilt of that sin because Jesus came and died to free you from that guilt. He took the punishment that you deserved upon himself so that you might be free. That is why you have freedom available to you. And if you've never accepted that gift, you can do it right now wherever you are. It doesn't have to be in a church. It doesn't have to be in an altar. It can be in your bedroom. It can be, it can be anywhere, anywhere. All you have to do is just accept the gift that's already been given. And it goes like this. We just say a prayer together. Would you say this prayer with me if that's you? Dear Lord, I need you, God. Well, I, I can't do this on my own. I feel crushed under the weight of it. I confess my sins to you, Lord. There are many. I confess them. Forgive me. Wash me whiter than snow. Cleanse me with hyssop. Make me new, God. I give all that I am to you from this day forward. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Will you stand up with me right there in your gather homes? Would you stand up with me? Here, here this is a big deal. Because if you prayed that prayer today, I need you to know the Bible says that there is a celebration in heaven unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's the biggest moment of your life. Let the church be the church with you right now. You know, I know that we're all separated and we're distanced and all this is going on. Your church can still be your family in this season. If you fill out a Connect card online, I'll give you a call and we'll just talk a little bit about what this means and what's next. And we'll get you connected with some people that can walk you through your next steps and we would just be so honored to be able to do that. So if you made that decision, go fill out an online connect card right now. There's a few other ways you can uh, respond in this moment. You can respond through a connect card. You can go onto our website, gatherashville.org and sign up for a life group right now. Go do it right now. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Or to lead a life group. And next week you can sign up for a life group. And then we can't wait to have you. I'm so excited about life groups, you guys. And then uh, this is also when we respond and worship through giving. And so if this is your home, we invite you to worship with us through giving. Uh, we believe that giving is worship, that it's about putting God in the first position of your lives, even trusting him with your finances. And so if this is your home, worship with us in that way. Let me pray one more time and we'll close in worship today. Dear Jesus, we thank you that you are the God who makes us clean that you are the God who makes us new again, that you see our sin and you forgive it. You wash it away. You say that doesn't define you. That's not who you are. That's not the choice you have to make. I've got something more for you. I've got better for you. Just turn from it and follow me. So we follow you. We repent. We turn. We walk from our sin and we run towards you and the dreams you have for us and everything that you prepared for us because you are good, and so we follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.